No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg! Good evening, Manitoba and North Dakota! Good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, live on location for tonight's post-game show, uh, taking some time away from a, a fun family vacation to say good evening to my good friend, Ezra Ginsberg. Good evening. It's been it's been about, uh, what, 12 days, I think, since we last got together, Mr. Ezzy. So it is good to see you. I have to start the postgame show by, of course, giving you praise for the excellent job you did this morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. And it's, uh, you know. Hosting's not easy, you. Drew. I learned that. I mean, I give you a lot of props. You've been hosting the show for 14 years. But the last couple of years that we've been, you know, in this new format, uh, I have yet to host. So, there are a few minor hiccups, but uh, obviously having the big rig Jim Toth, uh, you know, beside me uh, on the screen at least, not in person, and then you know had some good guests. Sarah Orleski joined us. Ben Pope, uh, who covers the Chicago Blackhawks for the Chicago Sun Times, joined us. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Missed you guys, but uh, we'll be right back at it on Tuesday night. The the triumvirate will be back. That's right. We will be back together on Tuesday night. I see that Spencer is already asking to see the clock. Uh, I'm not in Kentucky, Spencer, so there is no clock behind me. You might see some random people walking uh, behind me, but uh, that's a separate issue altogether. I'm not in Kentucky, uh, but uh, I am here for the postgame show, and that's important as well as Ezzy and I are here for the next little while to discuss the first Jets game in a while. We knew that team wanted uh you know needed a well-deserved uh break and a well-deserved time off and they got it and then they came back and you knew that the schedule certainly wasn't a uh a challenging game tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks team that is a bad hockey team playing the second half of a back-to-back -back. I mean you know the, as the Jets get full marks for the win there's going to be some aspects of this game that they like, but there's also going to be some aspects that they don't like, particularly, I thought, maybe the latter half of the uh, first period and the first few minutes of the third period. But then the, you know, the Jets sort of got a, a little bit of, of a rude awakening after uh, Tyler Johnson scored to cut it to 3-1, and then they were on their heels. But then they really started to take it to Chicago and sort of refound the form that they had for a lot of the second period. Look, I mean, we know uh, that Chicago is, is is not a good hockey team. I think it was our buddy Mike, Mike McIntyre who tweeted out uh, that, you know, the, uh, you know the, it was entering the third period. So, you know, through 11 periods of play, the Jets had outscored Chicago this year, something like 14 to three. And so obviously with the Blackhawks getting one goal in the third period, that would be at the end of the year, it would be 14 to four, uh, the Jets in, in sweeping the four games from the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you know, it, it, the Jets did what they need to do against a bad team tonight. Uh, as I said, you know, the, there's a lot that they're going to like or some that they're going to like, some that they're not going to like, but it's all, I think, another uh, stepping stone. Uh, and the competition going to get a lot harder on Tuesday when you face the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that overall assessment. I would take it a little bit further and say that, you know, the first seven or eight minutes or nine minutes, ten minutes of the third period weren't mm -hmm. great. Like, Chicago was very close to making that a one-goal game, right? Like, Patrick yeah. Kane had a really good chance in tight. Hellebuck shut the door, and, and I thought Hellebuck was really solid tonight. And everybody knew that the first period was going to be sloppy. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, you 
you are right when you say, you know, the first, whatever, seven to 10 minutes, seven to 12 minutes were pretty good for the Jets. Um, obviously no goal scored, but, you know, Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler were really solid. You saw them have a little bit of a, you know, chance on a, on a two-on-one that they couldn't bury. But I think, you know, we can, you know, look at this game and, and not like the third period or not like the second half of the first period, but it's the first game after, as you just mentioned, a long break and you get the mm-hmm. 4-1 win, right? Like I'm sitting here, you know, at home watching, you know, the last three or four minutes, Chicago, you know, pulls Peter Morazic, and you've got the wave going on. And I was more interested in watching, you know, how many times the wave was going to go around, right? Because yeah. Chicago's moving the puck around nicely, right? Like Seth Jones to Patrick Kane. I thought Andreas Athanasiu was yeah, one of the most impressive, impressive yeah. players. And, you know, Jim and I talked about that quite a bit on this morning show. And then we continued the talk with Sarah and then Ben Pope, uh, who I mentioned writes for the Chicago Sun-Times. Like, there's a lot of players aside from Taves and Kane, who I think teams would be interested. Like, I thought Max sure. Domi looked good. I thought Jake, Domi, Jake McCabe looked good on the back Jake end, McCabe. right? Lafferty. Yeah. Like, Lafferty, there's a lot yeah. of guys here that you're not going to have to give up a first-round pick to get. Like, if you want to get Patrick Kane as a rental, you're going to have to give up, you know, something significant. You're not going to get Patrick Kane for a fifth-round pick, right? So yeah. I, I think that, you know, a lot of teams, um, you know, are really circling around the Chicago Blackhawks right now. And, you know, I think their the record going into this game, their last 13 was something like 8-4-1. So give the Blackhawks credit. I mean, they're still 31st overall in the NHL. So there's still a good chance they finish, you know, bottom two, bottom three. But, you know, compare this team, Drew, to you know, the team we saw a few months back, like this is actually not, you know, at least watching this team, they're bad. They're still bad. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, it looks like they're at least, you know, finding a bit of an identity here and playing hard. I think they realized that, you know, the season's winding down and a lot of these guys are going to get moved. So I think they're, they're playing for pride, to be honest with you. Look, there's no question about it. I, I, I and I was thinking to myself as I was watching this game, and there were some kids uh, playing a you know a ferocious game of mini sticks not far from uh, not far from where I am here. Uh, and, you know, I, I give Chicago credit when it was three nothing with that third period. You know, I would you have been surprised at all if they just had had just sort of packed their bags and gone home? I wouldn't have been. I think it's a testament to Luke Richardson who by all accounts is doing a pretty solid job behind the bench in Chicago in a in a difficult season in a challenging season that he keeps that team motivated he keeps them uh playing hard and i know they're professionals and all that jazz blah 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 and they should do that and absolutely they should but you know i was i'll give them credit they're they're bereft of talent particularly on the back end um, you know, but they played hard in that third period. They didn't get, you know, all the way back, of course, but they played hard and they made the Jets have to recapture their game where I think the Jets started the third period thinking that ah, Chicago is not going to give, try anything second half of a back-to-back for them, things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, the Jets definitely had to up their game in, in that third period. And you saw it in that third, really, with that shift by uh, the Dubois line. I think I don't know if that was the and it was during that shift where I don't think it was that shift where Morazic's mask came off yet again. I think it was out you know that came later in the period. Did it come off three times or four times? It came off at least three times. Three. And the first Two time that it one, came off, one by Connor, I think. I don't think there was a fourth. Well, and the first one, and and you know, Harner Ryan Singh and Gary Galley, they might be the best uh, duo right now in the like entire. Them. They're they're unbelievable, and and kudos to the Jets, by the way. 
on uh, you know Southeast Asian uh, Heritage Night. They just did a phenomenal job, um, and and but he they they commented about the Dubois shot, the first one that went off Razik's mask, like it just stopped and bounced right in front of him, right? <laughs> so like you like I was just thinking like Dubois got a really good shot. I mean most guys in the NHL have a good shot. Uh, but you know, I, I was just thinking, like Mrazek, you know, I was wouldn't have been surprised if he came out of the game. To be honest with you, the first one looked like he might. The way he was shaking his head, I was wondering if there was going to be the concussion spotter was going to ask for him to go to the to the dark room for a couple minutes. I agree with you on that point. Uh, clearly, they didn't. But the way he took it, and then you know, it's one thing to take it, and then you know, and then in the sort of the action, sort of trying to gather the cobwebs. But it was still a few seconds later that he was sort of shaking his head and trying to, to sort of come to grips with the shot that he took off the helmet. And then you also had, you know, Josh Morrissey, who who takes the shot from Patrick Kane. It looked like it was the ear. He was bleeding. I know yeah. that. And then obviously he was okay. Anything in uh, the ear after the Brian Little career-ending well, injury is scary. Exactly. And, I mean, you don't like to see anybody get a, a shot anywhere, you know, above the, the shoulders. And then you had Dylan Sandberg who takes it, you know, in the region that, uh, you know, I'm not going to say what that region is, but we all know what, what the region uh, is, right? It's yeah. the the things that make uh, children. So well, uh, that, that was a little bit good. scary as well. Like when we, like when Blake Wheeler took his and said that no big deal, he's already got three kids or you and I, we've already uh, been. Yeah, we've already me. gone to Dr. J. Yeah. Buenafe, Drew. So exactly. we were watching that and we were, we were still feeling it, but yeah. uh, maybe not as much as, as Sandberg was. Well, Sandberg's a young man. He's still got uh, years ahead of him. He still wants, probably wants to have a family at some point in time. That's a lot more scary for him. And you could see he was in a lot of pain for obvious reasons. And, and uh, you know, it was funny. I, you know, I love Kenny. Kenny, we, you know how close we all are with Kenny, but I love you sort of going through the, the Twitter scroll and it's like, I'm tweeting about that, you know, Samber gets it in the nuts and Mike's tweeting that it gets it in where the sun doesn't shine and Murat's tweeting about, you know, it gets it in a sensitive spot and Scotty Bill tweeting that he gets it, you know, in a really, you know, dangerous spot. And Kenny is just so professional and so buttoned up with his tweets. He's like, Dylan Sandberg blocks the shot with in his lower midsection and is injured on the play or is, is, appears to be in some anguish on the play. I really enjoyed this sort of the, the, the uh, difference in how the rest of us were doing it. And now Kenny did it with his analysis where we were all saying the same thing, just Kenny with a, a little bit more couth with it than uh, certainly yours truly, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, it was just one of those games, right? Like, yes, that was Chicago's third game after the All-Star break, but it was the second game of a back-to-back, and we've talked about it. It's been, you know, talked about for really the last three or four days here in Winnipeg uh, that, you know, the Jets have been off for almost two weeks, right? So that type of stuff is is to be expected, right? Like shots going off of mass, shots going, you know, into guys, uh, you know, midsection and everything like that, right? But, uh, look, I, I think, you know, overall, you really like, you know, the the result and you like the fact that, you know, the Jets really took advantage of that power play. You know, another thing too, I know we're going to get into the goals, but, you know, this yeah. whole idea of the high sticking and, and, you know, it seems like every few games we have these this one play, but I'm obviously talking about the, you know, the high stick, Sam Lafferty on Nate Schmidt, right? But like, yeah. to me, that's that's almost as obvious of a high stick as, as you can get, right? Like for me, it doesn't matter what's happening on the ice. You high stick a guy and you you make him bleed. By the definition in, in the rule book, that's a, a four-minute penalty. And for those who are wondering, they talked about this on the broadcast. I mean, if it is a follow-through um, on a shot, the reason why it was called is because 
it wasn't really a follow through on the shot because the puck mm -hmm. wasn't there, right? It was kind of he misplayed Lafferty misplayed the puck a little bit, but yeah, I rolled. I don't off know about you, Drew, but I was, uh, you know, I was a little bit um, perplexed to say the least why there was such a long review. I mean, it wasn't the longest review, but the fact that it was reviewed in the first place, like it was a high stick, it was four well, minutes. Was, let's let's go. Yeah, it was it was obvious. There's no question about it. But they talked about it during the the intermission as well. I think it was Kevin Biaxa who said that you know it's time to sort of remove that aspect of the rule from exactly. the rule where yeah. you, you know you don't have to be in control of your stick on the follow through you because i mean isn't you know, couldn't you argue that's when you should be in control of your stick the most well that's what cost brian berard think about it when brian berard got the stick in the eye and that altered his career for so long and, and so many it's crazy people, that he played uh you know that much longer without sure. vision in one eye that's right I or mean, limited think, vision in one eye and i'm trying to think who was it it was somebody on ottawa who didn't have control of the stick were wildly swinging uh, at the puck and and got Berard on the follow through, you know it was they were just sort of the, it was a bouncing puck and I think somebody sort of took a wild turnaround uh, swing at the puck. Was it? I don't, it wouldn't have been Yashin. I don't think it was Alexei Yashin, but I, for some reason that's the name that's jumping to my mind. Somebody in the chat will remind me who it was. I think it was Hosa Drew. Maybe it was Hosa. That could be it. That could have that that that. that could and when I say I think it was Hosa, I meant I just googled it. Yeah, well, there you go. But, I mean, he he was wild. He was had in, did did not have any control, uh, you know, of his stick, and it cost Brian Berard a significantly altered his career. I think that's something the NHL can go back and, and review and say, look, you just need to be in control of your stick at all times because otherwise it's it's just too dangerous. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I just wanted to get that in there because, mm -hmm. like we talked about, the you know, Kevin BXR, Ron McClain, Kelly Rudy, uh, who am I missing? Elliot Friedman, they were talking yeah. about it. I just thought it was, you know, interesting, but also a crucial part of the game, right? Yeah. Because the Jets are up one nothing, and, you know, you also have to factor in, like, when that happened, it was a, a five-on-three, and then it was a, a five-on-four. Well, it was four-on-four, four, I should say. So it was four-on-three, and then it was... Five, five on three because Stenlin took that stupid penalty. Like I don't know, they called that tripping, but it was kind of like a semi slew foot. But well, you know that that was they really saved. I mean, I should say you know the Blackhawks, you know saved the Jets there because you know the Blackhawks they could have tied the game up there, right? And we know what happened. Yeah, Jets well, didn't score on the five on three, but you know yeah. they scored right after, right? So mm -hmm. um, you know once they went up two nothing, you kind of got the feeling that the third goal was going to come, and you know even more after that. So. That was a key part of the game, but yeah, not something that you see all the time, a review of a, a double minor for high sticking. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't know that they could review double minors, uh, but I checked the rule book and that is one of the, I thought it was just majors, but it is double minor uh, high sticking penalties as well. It can, can also be reviewed. So the refs were in the right uh, to do that then, and then they made the call and got on with the game. Uh, speaking of getting on with things, as in let's get on with the Betway game recap brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well, strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Of course, a uh, big betting weekend with the Super Bowl. We'll have to get our Super Bowl picks on the record uh, later on in the post-game show, Mr. Chiefs, Gifford. baby. There you go. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're siding with your buddy. Well, Hustler. I said Chiefs on the on this morning show with Jim oh, because okay. uh, just for the simple fact that I'm supporting my man Hustler. That's what He's I a said, big Chiefs fan. And 
you know, uh, I, I'd like to see the Chiefs win, but uh, at the end of the day, I just want to see a close game. I, I never like you never like to see a blowout unless I guess you've bet on a blowout. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm most excited about the snacks, though, to be honest with you. It, yeah, I, the snacks are very important. You can't go wrong with the with the uh, Super Bowl snacks. Uh, the Jets open the scoring after a scoreless first period, as we talked about, uh, you know, at the outset of this program. The Jets came out as the better of the two teams, I think, to start the first period, and then Chicago, you know, was the, probably the better of the two teams in the latter half of the first period. But ultimately, nobody scored in the first period, despite uh, Chicago getting a power play. Neil Pion taking an interference penalty uh, in the first period, but the Blackhawks. Did and end up getting a shot on goal on that power play attempt. But the Jets opened the scoring early in the second period, and he's fresh off the All-Star game. And you remember how the, the game against St. Louis right before the All-Star break or before the bye week. Let's uh, effing go, Drew. What's that? Let's effing go. Let's effing go, exactly. Josh Morrissey gets his 11th of the year unassisted on this play. And, you know, the, there's a lot of soft plays here by the Chicago Blackhawks. It's a soft, you know, play up the boards by Jason Dickinson and Morrissey just intercepts the puck and then nobody touches him. Patrick Kane, go back and watch the video. Patrick Kane is like, you know, is getting ready to fly the zone. And even though the puck is really nowhere near him, and he just makes no effort to come back on the play. I mean, Patrick Kane wants out of Chicago so bad. It, 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 it's, it, you can see it in, in how he plays more, especially at five on five. But in this one, Morrissey just takes the puck and he just walks in and nobody touches. He walks all the way basically from the boards because that's where he takes the puck from. He intercepts the puck on the boards and walks all the way like into the into the slot and, and you know it goes basically half of the width of the ice if not more and then backhands it with a great backhand past Peter Morazic with a lot of traffic in front as well to give the Jets uh, a very important one nothing lead as a love the backhand by the way like we don't always talk about that like you know we've we've kind of joked that you know, it's been overblown that, you know, the slap shot is dead, right? Like, obviously, you know, the big winding slap shots aren't, you know, as common as they used to be. But I just love the back end. But you're absolutely right, Drew. Like, at the end result of this goal is Josh Morrissey just having way too much time. Um, and then and then he takes it. But you're right. I mean, you know, there, Carson Kuhlman took a hit behind the net That's that right. I liked. Um, and then Morgan Barron takes out Jason Dickinson. And then Dickinson is the one that tries to reach out, extend the stick, and get something on Morrissey. And he misses him. And then there's just a lot of time and space, as you mentioned, and then Morrissey moves in and, and backhands it. So, you know, kind of amazing that he got the ball rolling back on January 30th against the Blues, um, and then he, you know, gets it going again tonight. But you're absolutely right. I, you know, Patrick Kane, you know, flies the zone and kind of just, it's a really pathetic, you know, attempt to to make a, a defensive play on, on Morrissey. And then obviously Dickinson, who just got gotten body checked pretty good uh, by Morgan Barron, just, you know, it's a, it's a weak stick check. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Morrissey, you know, takes all that time and space and goes in and, you know, opens the scoring for the Jets one nothing. Yeah, it's a good backhand, and there's and there's traffic in front of Peter Morazic, which is obviously the important, uh, the, you know, a uh, huge factor here as well. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, folks, I believe it's Adam Lowry who's causing the net front presence on this play, which is no surprise. That's often where you find Adam Car Lowry. It was Coolman, but it was it was the, it was, it was the Lowry Baron Coolman line. Right. Okay. So it's Coolman right. who ta takes the yeah. hit, you yeah. know, and then and then gets back in the play and gets it gets in front of Peter Morazic to. Uh, 
to to cause just a little bit more traffic there and Morrissey does the rest you know what it's a good point by you Drew because I mean like obviously you know what stands out is you know Morrissey because Mm -hmm. he's just red hot and you know he has a really good chance to you know hit 80 85 points this year but you know Coolman again like we expect Mason Appleton to move up to the third line eventually just because that's where you know he's been uh before uh and he actually was I think briefly late in the first period um, or the second period, but he didn't stay on that third line. But I, I, I've said this a long time. Maybe it's because, you know, back in 2013, you know, we covered Carson Kuhlman. He he didn't end up getting drafted, but everybody knows that story. You know, played mm-hmm. at Minnesota Duluth and went on to the Bruins, uh, and then the Jets acquired him from the, the Kraken off waivers, right? But I really like Kuhlman on that third line. And if Baron, uh, pardon me, if Appleton ends up moving up, then I really do think Kuhlman, I, I think if it's between Kuhlman and Manalainen, I'm taking Kuhlman. And I, I also think I would be taking Gagne uh, or Axel Janssen Fialbi over or Manalainen. Nothing against Manalainen. I just don't He's think that he, you know, he does enough in the lineup. I really don't. He kills penalties, but aside from that, I don't really know what else he does. Yeah, that's not a. You, I don't think you're wrong with your point there. I mean, I think that he's in the lineup for his penalty killing prowess, but I don't know that that can't be replicated by somebody else as well. Uh, you know, that that would stay in the lineup and maybe do a little bit of something else. But right now, with that, uh, this was a good night for the Baron uh, Lowry Kuhlman line. I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be messing with it. I, you know, I understand where you're coming from with your perspective about Appleton and the expectation that he'll get elevated there. But right now I certainly wouldn't, I'm not rushing that to, to happen anytime soon because he seems fine, uh, you know, getting eased in on a fourth line and, uh, and best course he for, I mean, I, I realize that, you know, we use that maybe it's a uh, not as advanced of an advanced stat, but I always mm-hmm. look at the even strength course he for, and 75 for Carson Kuhlman. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's just one game, but I, I do think off. that I agree with you. I, I don't think that you rush to put Mason Appleton on the third line, especially mm-hmm. based on the way Kuhlman played tonight, Drew. But maybe that happens eventually. But uh, I just think Kuhlman, you know, a lot of people think, you know, once David Gustafson comes back that, you know, Kuhlman might be the odd man out. But right now it's between Kuhlman, Janssen Fialbi, and, and Sam Gagne. And I think that's a pretty good rotation if those are your three guys that are kind of moving in and out of the lineup. Well, of course, the trade deadline is the thing that hovers over everything else. Exactly. Only yeah. A few weeks away, because I would expect they're going to see some additional moves made, but uh, that'll be something that will happen in due time, undoubtedly. Uh, the Jets make it 2 nothing. We talked about it, the power play, uh, where the penalty uh, the penalties start to rear their ugly head during the game. It starts with Kevin Stenland taking that tripping penalty, uh, giving the Blackhawks their second power play of the game. They do nothing on that power play except get it eliminated before it, it had run out, uh, finished off Tyler Johnson takes the tripping penalty, sort of a weird call. I guess it's technically tripping, but he's sort of digging for the puck and it's in the skates of of the player on the Jets that he hauls down and he's called for tripping. Uh, And then it's the Sam Lafferty, you know, a couple seconds later, 16 seconds later, Lafferty takes the high sticking double minor, which gives the Jets that significant, uh, you know, uh, power play opportunity. They can't capitalize five on three. But five on four, they can. It ends up being Blake Wheeler's 13th goal of the year. Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey with the assist. And a bit of a fortuitous one as this one sort of ricochets off of Wheeler's skate. But the Jets had so much zone time there. I mean, they had, uh, you know, almost I think that that first power play unit seemed like they were on the ice for over two minutes there. Uh, you know, just a two-minute stretch where they had nothing but zone time, and then the Blackhawks couldn't get the puck out, and eventually they get the fortuitous bounce to make it 2 nothing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with with that assessment of the goal. They they had a lot of chances with the uh, extra couple men, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, the, they were moving the puck well. And you know, look at I mean, Wheeler ends up with a couple goals here. I mean, the empty netter is is meaningless, but um, you know, nice hands there. And I, I I don't know what was going on. I don't know if you noticed this or anybody else noticed this, but it seemed like Wheeler and and Shifley there was some you know staring stare downs going on. I don't know if Patrick Kane was involved or who was involved there, but it seemed like you know. After after that goal specifically, it looked like I saw Wheeler. They showed him looked like he was staring somebody down. I just don't know who it was, uh, but you know there could have been some things said on the ice or stuff like that. But um, look at I mean, you know the the Hawks really shot themselves in the foot there. And we talked about that was a critical point of the game. They were on the power play, and not only did they take one penalty to make it four on four, they take the double minor for high sticking, which we talked about was oddly reviewed, uh, at least uh, in our estimation. So. Yeah, I mean, nice tip by Wheeler. Um, you know, Connor had some good chances there. You know, Shifley had a, a really good one-timer there that that Morazic stopped. So, um, you know, the the Jets were rewarded. Uh, like they were they were moving the puck really well in the power play. Kevin Bieksa was breaking down the kind of the little bit of a sloppy. Uh, you know, uh, I guess you know well, uh, the way they way the way they line up for their penalty kill is is what Kevin Bieksa was saying in that second intermission is different than basically every other team, right? Uh, with you know, and they're ranked, I think, 30th 40. or something in, in yeah. penalty kill, or I don't know yeah. what it is. Their power play is 25th, right? Yeah. They're, they're bottom five, bottom seven in both power play and penalty kill, mm-hmm. and that's why they're bottom two in the entire league, right? So, yeah, the, the penalty kill was uh, not very good. I thought the power play looked better than the penalty kill, but the Jets obviously killed all three penalties uh, that they took tonight. So, yeah, that, that goal was kind of the goal where, as we talked about earlier, you knew that the, the game was kind of getting out of reach for the Blackhawks at that point. And the Jets add to that by making it 3 nothing uh, at the 12.09 mark. So the goals are coming, you know, basically five, six minutes apart in the second period for the Jets. It's Shifley, his 32nd of the year, assist to Blake Wheeler and Nikolai Ehlers. And it looks like a very pretty one. And it is a very pretty one. I shouldn't say it looks like a very pretty one, but it is a, it is a very pretty one. As long as you sort of, you know, they, again, fortuitous. As Ehlers is trying to hit Neil Pionk with the pass, and, and then Pionk, it's not a great pass to Pionk, but it ends up on the stick of Wheeler, and then Wheeler tees it up for Shifley, and Shifley makes no mistake on it. So, uh, you know, it's it probably uh, maybe it worked out to the Jets' advantage that uh, the pass from Ehlers, the attempted pass from Ehlers to Pionk didn't quite work, but still a great play by Wheeler to hit Shifley in stride with the one-timer, a vintage uh, setup from from Wheeler to Shifley to give the Jets the 3-0 lead uh, at the 12.09 mark of of the second period. Yeah, as you mentioned, that's just vintage Shifley and Wheeler, and, you know, I thought that that was the Jets' best line tonight, no surprise. And you know, for all of the talk about, you know, Wheeler possibly moving down to the third line if the Jets acquire a top nine forward slash top six forward, which we're expecting. As your wife is in the chat, she wants to know if you're taking your shirt off for tonight's postgame show. Uh, I am not going to be taking my shirt okay. off. But, just wanted uh, to clarify that for, for Naomi. During the postgame show. I, I just said during the postgame show. Okay. I might take my shirt off after the postgame show. Um, I'm not sure where uh, Naomi is tuning in from right now. She might be inside the house. I know that she was out earlier uh, celebrating uh, our friend Lainey's birthday. You know Lainey, so happy birthday, it was her Lainey. birthday uh, February 1st, so over a week ago, but she's going out tonight, um, so she might be home. But, uh, you know, I'm always glad when Naomi tunes in. 
That's right. It's true. It's, and, you know, your palatial palace, your palatial compound is so big, of course, you have no idea when your wife comes home or not. You know, so it, it's totally reasonable that you, you know, this is all just coming sort of as, 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 uh, as news to you at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a very modest house, Drew. <laughs> it's a very normal size house. Not, not anything too crazy. What not like Richie's. I mean, oh, Richie's, no. that's, have you seen Richie's house? That's a real house. <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. I'm sure he'd be thrilled that we're talking about it on air, but that doesn't matter. It's not like he's it's watching it. It's a beautiful show. piece of real estate. <laughs> Three nothing for the Jets after 40 minutes. They get what they needed to do in that second period after the first period ended scoreless or ended with no goals. The Jets come out and have that 3 nothing lead to start the third period. And we talked about this earlier on the post-game show, you know, I thought Chicago was just gonna. I was gonna tweet running time. Let's just get it over with. You know, get this post game show started. Some of us are tired and ready for bed. That would be me. I'm sure that's you as well, Mr. Ginsburg. Um, but you know, the Blackhawks, to their credit, uh, you know, come out firing, and they have the Jets on their heels, and it eventually ends up with Tyler Johnson. Uh, getting his sixth of the year, assisted Jake McCabe and Jason Dickinson to cut the lead to three to one. And I think this is part of the problem for a lot of Jets fans is that they see Neil Pionk not being able to handle uh, Tyler Johnson in front of the net. I mean, Tyler Johnson is not the Tyler Johnson that he once was with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's never been a big, strong player. I mean, he's not, you know, he, you know Neil Pionk isn't also, a, you know, especially... Uh, big himself, but you should be able to box out and you should be able to tie up Tyler Johnson on that play. Instead, Pionk gets beat. Johnson is able to sort of roll off of the attempted uh, body position and tuck the rebound past Connor Hellbuck to make it 3-1 for uh, the Winnipeg Jets at this point. This is two minutes and eight seconds, so it's relatively early on into the third period, as it. Well, yeah, and, and we talked about it. I mean, the Blackhawks had a lot of chances after that, mm-hmm. right? Like we talked about Andreas Athanasiu had a really good chance. Uh, I remember Patrick Kane had a really good chance in tight. Yeah. Um, you sort know, of a jam so, play that, that Kane was trying to do, yeah. Yeah, so like, I, I, but on this particular goal, you're right. Like, I, I was watching this, and, you know, I, I think, you know, Shifley pokes at the puck, and it's Jason Dickinson that gets it back uh, to the blue line. I forget who took the shot. Was it Caleb Jones, Drew, that took the shot? Well, it, was, it was Jake McCabe who got the, uh, Jake, who Jake got the primary assist. Yeah, so it was Dickinson. Uh, Shifley pokes at the puck. Dickinson mm-hmm. gets it and gets it back to uh, Jake McCabe there on the left side. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, like, I was watching this, and then I, I PVR'd it, and, like, I just kind of isolated uh, Neil Pionk there. And again, like, you know, I, I, I don't think you can just pick on Neil Pionk here, but, like, it's a net front battle with Tyler yeah. Johnson, right? Like, Johnson's got his back to Pionk and he just gains position and, and just wins that battle, right? As you talked about, like it's a fortuitous bounce, but Tyler Johnson j- jumps on the rebound. It turns out that it's a meaningless goal. The Jets win the game 4-1, but at that time, you know, the Hawks, um, you know, th- they were playing much better than the Jets were and they were pressing to make it a one-goal game. And, you know, it pains me to say it, but like, you know, and I don't think Neil Pionk necessarily had a terrible game, but on that particular play, I mean, he's just too soft on on Tyler Johnson there, as you mentioned. Tyler Johnson's not a big man, mm-hmm. so you know that that's that goal. And um, you know, it, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the Jets do, you know, with their decor. 
because I think, you know, they miss Dylan DeMello right now for sure. And DeMello is not out long term. I mean, he might end up coming back for the game against the, the Kraken on Tuesday night. Well, and if he's, he's not skating, back, and he skated with the team this right. morning again. So, he's right. Not, so yeah. if he's not back Tuesday night, I think, you know, we'd all expect him to be back Thursday night against, I think it's Columbus they play Columbus, yeah. on, on Thursday night, right? So um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if, if I'm Chevy, I'm, you know, looking at that right side more than I am the left side. And, you know, it's funny that we we're talking about the right side again. Um, but I think, you know, with the way Dylan Sandberg has been playing and Brendan Dillon's had a much better year than he did last year. Now we know who's uh, on the left side on the top pair. So I, I, I think, you know, if, if you're Chevy, you're probably looking at, at bringing in a right side defenseman and then possibly, you know, that moves Pionk out of your top four. I just yeah. don't think he's been playing well enough to be in the top four right now. Uh, no, I think right now he needs to be playing in more sheltered minutes. I mean, it's not just been a small sample size that we're basing this on. It's been, oh, there was what? This was game 53 of the season. He hasn't really been, you know, quote unquote himself for the majority of the year. So if you're the Jets, that certainly is an area that you might be looking to address, uh, you know, come the trade deadline. Now, I don't expect the Jets are going to be going after a you know, a significant name on the back end necessarily. I don't think they're, you know, we saw that Jacob Chikrin is, is held out of the of the Coyotes lineup tonight. I don't expect that the Jets are going to be in on one of the bigger name defensemen, but it's uh, certainly, I think, an area that I would not be surprised to see them try and upgrade uh, between now and the trade deadline in addition to, you know, another top six, top nine forward or a couple top six, top like, nine forward. I, like a guy that I put out there that, you know, it was a little bit mixed was Ethan Bear. Like, I, I know some people think that, you know, Ethan Bear is more of a third-pairing guy. Um, but, uh, you know, I dug up some numbers, and his expected goals at 5-on-5 five five are actually better than Chris Letang and Noah Hannafin. So, I mean, people, there's there's this kind of, um, I don't know, there's it, it's not correct. I, he, Ethan Bear is a good defenseman. At least as far as I'm concerned, the eye test and the advanced stats, uh, Ethan Bear is a right-shot defenseman. Um, so, again, I, I know there's some people out there that want, you know, a Vladislav Gavrikov or a Jake Chikrin or, you know, some other defenseman. But all I know is that a guy like Ethan Bear, he can provide offense. I think he's got six or seven goals this year. And, you know, he's got some physicality. He's not the biggest guy. Um, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, the Jets are going to imminently acquire Ethan Bear. I'm just saying a guy like that, I think, you know, is, is a guy that the Jets should be looking at acquiring. Well, somebody, you know, somebody who's probably not going to cost an arm and a leg, but somebody who's going to fit in and slot in in your lineup and 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 sort of make make everybody's lives uh, easier, I think, is somebody that the Jets are probably going to be looking at. And again, there's so much is going to happen between now and the trade deadline. And so for some teams, it's going to happen sooner, as we saw with the uh, uh, with the. Uh, with the New York Rangers, of course, acquiring Tarasenko, and as we saw with the New York Islanders acquiring uh, Bo Horvat, some teams you know like to j- jump the queue and jump the line. Um, Jets traditionally haven't been a team that's made their moves that early, but you wonder if this year is is going to change their approach. Uh, in any event, lots of time to talk about. Ethan Bear only has three goals, by the way. He's got three goals and eleven points uh, in 40, 40 games. So well, I don't know where I got I don't know where I got the seven goals, but. Still, I, I think he's a good defenseman. I know there's we're watching season... all those we're probably watching all those commercials for cocaine bear and got a little bit confused. Oh my god. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh what the hell is cocaine bear? Well, you know where cocaine bear is it's based on a true story. And you know where that true story originated. I have no idea. Well, Ezra, come on. The Commonwealth of Kentucky, of course. 
I didn't know that. By the yes. way, I really hope you didn't tell Laura that I said Republic of Kentucky because we had some funny. people correcting me. I knew that it was one of the two. Like I, yeah. I misspoke when we had Sarah on this morning because I was talking about how she was making fun of me because I said that Dave and Drew uh, were currently in the United States of America instead of just saying the USA. But I like to say the full four words but uh cocaine bear i I thought that was a joke like to me that's like that's similar it's got to be from the same you know producers as sharknado no it's not it's a it's based on a true story Uh, so so there actually was a bear that did cocaine yeah oh okay yeah i'll take your word for it i mean i mean a story like that drew's got to be true Hey, look, I, I'm, I'm first in line. I already got my tickets. I'm first in line. I don't know if there's a Jets game that night when the premiere is happening. But Drew, it's 1230 in the morning and, and you know, you're doing the postgame show from the uh, Grand Forks Canadians Business Center. And we're talking about Cocaine Bear being real. So um, I'm not going to argue with you, OK? Yeah, no, to, to, on this one, you should, yeah, don't worry. The best part of you, we have to touch on this though quickly though. The best part of you, so you called Kentucky a republic, which is fine. It's an oversight. It's no big deal. Uh, On our Facebook page, somebody corrected you and said Kentucky is not a republic. It's a commonwealth. And the person, the name of the person on our the Facebook page that corrected you, and I had to do a double take because I thought for a second it said Drew Mindell, and that's me, and it wasn't me because I did, wasn't the one who heard you. Or well, you could see it was a different you. avatar too. Yeah, it was. It was nothing to do with me. It was Drew Wendell. So not only is there a, a a person in Winnipeg who has a very similar name to me, Drew Wendell, but he also knows that Kentucky is a commonwealth and and not a republic and not a state. Uh, you know, it's going to so be hard, people. Drew, not to call you Drew Wendell for the rest of my life. I can accept it. I mean, I honestly had to do it. I had to see if it was a parody of me. If somebody started a Facebook page that was a parody of me, because if they did, they did a great job in, 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 in nailing it. But it was apparently a real person who has a very similar name to mine and knew all the particulars about Kentucky. I don't know if he knew that Cocaine Bear was made is based on a story in Kentucky or not. But in any event, congratulations to both Cocaine Bear, which is, I assume, going to win all the Oscars, and for Drew Wendell for having a name that's very similar to, to mine. Okay, I know you want to, you know, continue with the Jets Blackhawks game here, but yeah, I, I'm just, you know, I'm still kind of, you know, just in my head, I'm mulling it over. Like, with with the big pause that a bear has, how do they even do cocaine? Well, I mean, I don't think they do it in the traditional sense, like you're thinking, where they're like rolling up a dollar bill and and, and snorting a line. I'm pretty sure they found a thing of cocaine and went ah, rah, 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 rah. like you at the buffet oh okay okay that's how they did it okay yeah. they don't do it you like humans they just okay yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know he's not doing it off you know uh, you know with a stripper <laughs> and, and and you know at a bachelor party and with a, a glass mirror or anything i boy boy i sound like a drug addict as, as we keep going here but uh for the record folks i've never done cocaine just to want to put that out there uh to be loud and clear on that one in any event i think he just grabbed i think he just found a package of cocaine and uh, decided to uh, treat himself a little bit. I think we need, we need to go see that movie together. Is what we need to do. I, I think it's almost we should be like live streaming us watch like do a live broadcast of us watching Cocaine Bear. You know, I think people are going to be tuning in for that. Uh, you know, uh, to see what what's going to be uh, uh, that would be that would be worthwhile. Whatever this is, TV, radio, podcasting, whatever this uh, the, this nonsense that we do on a regular basis. Unbelievable.
Yeah, in any event. The Jets did round out the scoring. Uh, somehow it wasn't Adam Lowry. I'm not sure how he missed that. But uh, Adam Lowry, who's, of course, been snake bit for something like, I think, about 35 or 40 games in a row now without scoring a goal, managed to hit the post in the wide open net. But Blake Wheeler eventually puts it in at the 1935 mark. So with 25 seconds to go, Blake Wheeler gets his second of the game. His 14th of the year assists to Morgan Barron and Adam Lowry as the Jets end up wrapping the scoring with a 4-1 victory tonight over the Chicago Blackhawks. A good win for the Jets beating a weaker opponent. Also good because of all the things that happened on the out-of-town scoring, namely uh, out-of-town scoreboard, namely the Dallas Stars losing tonight to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. The Wild came back and actually beat the Devils, your Devils, as a in a shootout. I own but them, the, yeah. The Jets uh, moved My Devils. With, the Jets moved to within three points of uh, of top spot in the Central Division with a game in hand on the Dallas Stars. So a 4-1 victory for the Winnipeg Jets. A quality victory tonight on home ice as the team returns to action following the lengthy all-star game by week rate uh, break and everything. Uh, Ezzy, of course, we uh, we forgot to mention that uh, the Mark Shifley shot, which was an absolute bullet, is our Seagram shot of the game. Seagram's 83, Manitoba's number one whiskey. I assume it's also North Dakota's number one whiskey. I'll have to uh, just, I'm just going to go ahead on that assumption as well, as that's where I'm broadcasting from on this. Uh, I guess it's now Sunday morning is, is where we're at to now, not even Saturday night, but uh, Seagram's uh, 83, Manitoba's number one whiskey. Thanks to Seagram for their sponsorship of the illegal curve. Are you doing a shot? Or I wasn't sure if you had any. I like. I thought you might have no. stopped off at Happy Harry's. I did stop off at Happy Harry's, but uh, I'm bringing some bottles back uh, for uh, my personal consumption. I've got another couple bottles of bourbon to add to the 38 mm. bottles of bourbon. We like to yum, keep yum, solid. yum. Yeah. Bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. <laughs> exactly. We like to make sure we have a, enough bourbon in the house in case cocaine bear comes through the door. We can just pour the bourbon down to, down down, down uh, cocaine bear's throat and uh, see what happens at that point in time. In any event, that is, of course, the Betway game recap here tonight on the Illegal Curve post game show it's simple fun and safe to bet with betway so head on over to betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly when we come back on the post game show more on the jets and the blackhawks more on cocaine there more of our nonsense it is 12 30 it's sunday morning you really literally have nowhere else to be so don't go anywhere it's the illegal curve uh post game show the illegal live- curve bedtime show <laughs> we're live on youtube and all of our social media platforms Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. 
Whoa, Ezzy! Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second, wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking... Minus 40, you're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word, you'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 25 minutes before the top of the hour, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mendel, Ezra Ginsburg with you on this Sunday morning talking about the Winnipeg Jets 4-1 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. A lot of talk, of course, leading up to tonight's game about the uh, rare 9 p.m. Central start time for tonight. Uh, Mike McIntyre with some quotes uh, from Connor Hellebuck, this courtesy of Mike's uh, Twitter feed, uh, says, uh, apparently Connor Hellebuck said the crowd tonight at Candle Life Center was buzzing. Quote, maybe it was those $6 beers and some and a late start i think people were certainly well lubricated uh watching tonight's jets victory uh mike also asked connor hellebuck uh what he thinks about a 9 p.m start time like tonight quote courtesy of connor hellebuck 
I hate it. I hate them. They don't belong here. I'm not going to be able to get any sleep tonight. That's the Winnipeg Jets goaltender, Connor Hellebuck, who was big when he needed to be for the Jets and made the key saves at key opportunities. I wouldn't say he was spectacular, but he didn't need to be. But he was certainly effective for the Winnipeg Jets, as we've come to expect, Mr. Ginsburg. Yes, he was. I love the... uh... I love the the comments earlier about the uh, the fans buzzing in the six dollar beers because you know, it doesn't seem like that long ago. Well, maybe it is kind of a long time ago that you know you be able to go to Scandals on Pemina and get twenty five cent drafts. So, so the fact that six dollar beers now are like it just shows you that we're where we're at with hyperinflation, right? Like six dollar beers, like yes, Whoa. it's a deal because they're usually what like nine dollars or eleven dollars, but well, it's only six dollars uh, is still pretty expensive for one yep. beer. It was only six dollars up until puck drop. Let's not go. Let's not get carried away here. It was. It was. You know, once yeah. once the once once the game started, the beers were their usual. Yeah. Over it was six dollar beers for like thirty minutes, right? And then they That's went right. back up to ten or eleven dollars. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, people took advantage of that, and people, I think, definitely took advantage of the nine o'clock start. I imagine a lot of people were, you know, in and around the arena and you know, partying a little bit beforehand. Look, no, it's fine. See. They're not going. There aren't going to be a lot of nine o'clock no, starts. It's not like but, we're going to see like ten of these a year. No, look, I'm perfectly fine if you do one a year, you know, or maybe even two a year. I'm fine with that. Uh, where you know, late and late, you know, on a, for the late on a Saturday night, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I think it's uh, sort of interesting. It's sort of fun. It's uh, you know, just a different sort of start time and everything else, and it throws everybody for a bit of a curve. Uh, but uh, I, I had no problem with it at uh, you know, uh, you know, once maybe twice a year, uh, as we saw tonight with the uh, with the nine o'clock uh, start time. Uh, a couple other comments before we get to some of the contests on this Sunday morning edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Blake Wheeler on Winnipeg's success with the team's speed. Quote, our game is predicated on being able to transition the puck fast and try to get our forwards moving. Our team moves well, and when we're moving like that, it can create some time and space, and this is where we can make some plays. Certainly the case. Wheeler on his pass to Shifley, which, of course, was our Seagram shot of the game. I'm always looking for him. We've scored a lot of goals that way over the years, and when I get that puck on the right side, my first look is to see where he is, and he was kind of coming right down the slot. You give him the puck there you certainly do and he made no mistake with it uh that was the jets uh, the, the third goal of the game uh not the game winner but the third goal certainly made, made the jets uh, have a little bit more breathing room especially after tyler johnson cut it to that 3-1 lead uh more from blake wheeler on uh, this courtesy of murat atesh on whether he had any su- words of support for dylan samberg after Samberg had that scary-looking shot block between legs, Wheeler's quote is, early indications are it didn't hit him in the same spot as me, so we're in good shape. That certainly was a uh, scary and or painful moment uh, during today's game where Samberg uh, took up a shot where you don't want to take a shot at any point in time. Correct? Hopefully he doesn't have to, to miss any time because... I mean, what back. happened to Wheeler was very similar. He did come back, um, but I think it's going to hurt. Let's just say that I think there's going to be some frozen peas and some ice uh, on that area tonight and tomorrow. 
Uh, that's uh, yes, yes. I say I think the the ice bath and the ice packs are going to be working overtime uh, in keeping uh, Dylan Sandberg in 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 good shape and in good health after that uh, very uh, unfortunate location for a shot block. Uh, let's give away some prizes as we approach the one o'clock hour on this uh, Sunday morning, Ezra. Uh, first of all, of course, we know the illegal curve merchandise contest rolls on. So if you haven't already done so for the month of February, it's time to start entering the contest. You click the contest link in the show description here on our YouTube channel. Click the down arrow, find the show description. You'll see the contest link. Click that. All sorts of different ways you can enter to win some great Jets merchandise. And of course, if you can't find it here on uh, if you can't find it here on the YouTube channel, just go to our website, illegalcurve.com, and you can find the link there to enter in the contest. And more entries you do, more tasks you accomplish, the more entries you get, the better your chance it is to win. And you can be a winner just like our good friend Thomas Von Stackelberg, who I believe is Jet Oil Tom in the chat frequently here on the Illegal Curve. Congrats, Tom. Yes, so congratulations to Thomas Von Stackelberg, the winner of the Illegal Curve merchandise. It's fun to say that, isn't it, Drew? Von Stackelberg. Yeah, well, usually sound to it. I also just like names that end with Berg. So I was going to say, usually, as when you and I hear somebody with the last name of von Stackelberg, we tend to run in the opposite direction based on (laughs) historical precedent. But I know Tom, and he's a great guy, so I don't run away from Tom at at uh, at any uh, at any point at all. I run up to him and wish him congratulations for being. I only run if someone has a knife. You don't. You run towards a gun and then away from a knife. Is that how it works? You run towards a gun. How do you do? You take some self defense training. Well, no, but you have to. Are, well, are you a, are you a cop on the side with that? I've I'm done a little. Of? I've done a little Krav Maga, uh, no. but um, no. I mean, I, that's apparently because you know you can get the gun away from them. But if someone's coming at you with a knife, I mean, you gotta you gotta run. So run towards the gun, away from a knife. Uh, at this point in time, folks, we remind you that any uh, self-defense advice given by Ezra is done and that you take into account is done at your own risk and your own risk uh, only. And those of us at a legal curve to hold no liability for anything that Mr. Ginsburg says and or any actions of Mr. Ginsburg's that you follow. If you can all sign the waiver form that you're all going to quickly receive, that would be great. So that you can keep us unsued for yet another day here on this fine program. That comment right there by Alan. Alan, you know what? Overall, you know, Alan might be the best commenter. Two pad Von Stackelberg. That's amazing. Alan's been on tonight. And I mean, it's uh, it's quarter to one, as you just mentioned, Drew. But uh, we've had Alan's comments up there all night. Love it. Von, two pad Von Stackelberg. Yeah, everybody's a comedian. Everybody's a little, com- everyone's a comedian. Everyone's a little funnier, uh, things of that nature. It gets a little wild and wacky at uh, quarter to one. Some places it's quarter to two. Uh, no, Dale, I'm not uh, in a principal's office. I'm on family. Even though vacation. Drew's dad was a former guidance counselor at Grand Park. He was also the principal of summer school, the Winnipeg School Division. So he was a principal as well. Uh, I'm on family vacation with my family. They are uh, you know, up sleeping, as you might expect. Drew's uh, currently they're... being detained at the border. That's right. Basically, I'm, I'm yes, exactly. If somebody can send a uh, an immigration lawyer, that would be great to get me out of here. Because uh, all they said is I can have my computer to do the post game show. Then I have to, then it goes back away again. So if somebody can send help, that would be great. Uh, for some of us, it's quarter to one in the morning as we 
for some of us, it's quarter to two in the morning. It is. And that's why we're giving Stacy S the tough duck hardest hitting comment. First of all, because Stacy is able to incorporate both the previous conversation we were having about uh the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Stacy's in Pennsylvania where it's Eastern time, which means it is now 1.45 in the morning Eastern time. And we have a pretty firm rule here on a legal curve that if it's approaching two in the morning and you're watching us, uh, then you deserve a prize. So Absolutely. congratulations to Stacy, the winner of the tough duck hardest hitting comment for I live in PA. I live in Pennsylvania. We are also a Commonwealth not a republic, as he, a commonwealth here in Pennsylvania. Truthfully, I still don't understand what it actually means versus other states. Uh, Stacy, I echo that comment because I've asked my wife and my in-laws what it means that Kentucky is a commonwealth, and they just usually tell me to shut up and watch Cocaine Bear again. Uh, that's usually the response I get from them. But Stacy, congratulations. Ezzy, what should Stacy do in order to get the tough duck hardest hitting comment too? Yeah, we should mention Stacy. Uh, I, I believe Stacy is still in the chat right now. She was mentioning uh, that that she works for the Erie Otters. So we should mention no, that as well. She, I don't think she works for the Erie Otters. I think she has season tickets to the Erie Otters. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I misread that. She's a season yes. ticket holder for the Erie Otters. Go. Obviously, former team of uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, and many other great players, Alex mm-hmm. DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom. Uh, so, Stacy, send me an email, Ezra, E-Z-R-A, at IllegalCurve.com, one word, or you can slide into my DMs on Twitter, at I-C-S-E-G. And Tough Duck, we ship to the U.S. We've shipped to the U.S. before. We shipped to North Dakota. We haven't shipped to uh, Pennsylvania, but, uh, you know, there's a first time for everything. So, Stacy, send me that email with your mailing address, and then we'll ship out a toque to Pennsylvania. There's, con- there's already controversy. Look at this. Look at this. Turd Ferguson says she's in Prince Albert. She He calls foul. Not PA as in Prince Albert. Same with uh, Kenny's Waterball. Or is PA Prince Albert? Well, no, but Prince Albert wouldn't be in the Eastern time zone. It would not be. We know that she's, a, and we know that Stacy's been here before. We've seen her before. Oh, I see. STH means season ticket holder. She's a season ticket okay, holder. Okay, I wasn't familiar with that acronym. Sorry, I, there's a lot of comments flying around, Drew, here. So, uh, you know, regardless, Stacy's going to get that toque from Tough Duck. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Stacy is in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure what everybody's no- talking about with Prince Albert. But Prince Albert is a fine city. Yes, I have no doubt whatsoever that Stacy is in Pennsylvania, not Prince Albert. Uh, but thank you for the contributions as per usual. Alan is asking, did he miss the unique code word? Uh, no, Alan, you didn't miss the unique code word because I forgot to do it. The unique code word. For the merchandise contest, I talked all about the merchandise contest. I congratulated Jet Oil Tom on winning the uh, merchandise contest. The unique code word for the post game show for tonight is "Welcome Back Hockey." I'm not sure if Dave is thinks that there was a lockout or something that's just been gone for 12 days. But uh, in any event, uh, the unique code word for tonight is "Welcome Back." hockey put this code word into the unique code word on the contest page you get i think 10 entries for doing that for the illegal curve merchandise contest so all one word welcome back hockey dave really didn't go very you know usually goes in deep what about welcome back 
Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was a correlation necessarily there, but uh, Dave's Dave's away. He's, he's on a boys' trip, so we can excuse him for not spending a lot of time in coming up with a unique code word. But nonetheless, it is welcome back hockey to uh, get your bonus entries for the illegal curve. Was welcome back Cotter based in Chicago? Like, what's maybe maybe Dave just this this is not related to Chicago at all. I don't think it is related to Chicago at all. I think he was just a little bit lazy. I don't think Welcome Back Cotter was in Chicago. I could certainly be wrong. Uh, I barely remember that show. I mean, we were really young when that show was on, right? Like, that was like a mid-80s, late-80s show, wasn't it? Yes, that would be, uh, no, late 70s, 75 through uh, 79. It's in New York. It's based in New York, in Brooklyn. So, no, it wasn't based in Chicago. Dave was just lazy tonight. That's understandable. Look, the guy, you know, covers every single Jets and Moose game. Uh, so he's entitled to go down in Vegas and soak up a little uh, whatever he's soaking it up. Uh, hopefully sun and money. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, not the best unique code word, but we'll uh, we'll go with it. <laughs> we'll let it slide tonight. We'll let it slide tonight as, of course, uh, yeah, we give that, we'll give, we'll cut Dave some slack. The Jets win tonight 4-1 over the Chicago Blackhawks. They're next in action on Tuesday night as the, they welcome the Seattle Kraken into town. That means our post-game show on Tuesday night at a much more reasonable hour of 9.45 p.m. Central Time uh, back here on our YouTube channel and, of course, wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'll be here. Ezzy will be here. Dave will be here. And part of the reason we can be here, Frosty, get ready, is because, of course, of our sponsors, who we have to say a big thank you to all of them who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Sean LeCumber at Rumors next week. If you're looking for something to do, perhaps you're looking for something to do on Valentine's Day, Rumors. Uh, It's two for Tuesday, two tickets, $20. Go out with your loved one or your future loved one or your hope-to-be loved one and check out Sean LeCumber at Rumors on Tuesday night. I'm going to be there on Thursday night, so if you're looking to uh, come stalk me, you can do that on Thursday night. Ezzy's going to be there on Saturday night, so if you're looking to stalk Ezzy, you can check out No, I'll be there Thursday night to stalk you as well. Oh, you're coming to stalk me on Thursday, and then you're coming to see Sean LeCumber uh, on, on Saturday. Is that how it's working? Yeah, I'll be there twice. I love rumors that much that I'll be there twice next week. There you go. Once for stalking purposes and once for uh, comedy purposes as well. So there's something for you folks who can do. Uh, our friend at Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, they're the official title sponsor here of the post-game show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rollies Transfer, Grid Park, and the Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. Big thanks to all of you who joined us tonight here in the uh, for the post game show. It's late at night. We appreciate you sticking around with us and the loyal support you show us, no matter the time that we may be broadcasting. Uh, Jets win 4-1. For Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. If it's uh, the Illegal Curve post-game show, it's where you need to be, the, the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. You can uh, like us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all those good places. TikTok. TikTok. We're on TikTok. I know we're on TikTok. I still We've only posted it. a few, but we're, we're getting there. We're like Apparently, all the kids are doing it these days, Drew, right? So we got to get with the times. 
There you go. Uh, so wherever, we're hip. We're hip here. We know wherever. what's going on. We're we're on we're on TikTok. We're on Truth Social. We're on everything. Mastodon. We actually Mastodon. Are on Mastodon. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Friendster. Exactly. Wherever you need us to be, that is where we are. That's our commitment to you, good folks. Thanks everyone for joining us for Ezra Ginsburg. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.